0: Before you go out and spend a ton of money on getting a lease and a building and turning on electricity and phone systems and computers and all that jazz, make sure you have a relationship, a healthy, positive relationship with a therapist who can help you in your private practice. Solid. Solid. Sustaining. Sustaining. and successful. successful. You're listening to the Speech Therapy Private Practice Startup Podcast with your host, Kyle Meads, speech and language pathologist. Listen, learn, and prosper as we share our experience and knowledge so that you can improve your business and your life one podcast at a time. Well, hello, everyone. You're listening to the Speech Therapy Private Practice Startup Podcast. This is episode number 44. My name is Kyle Meads, and I'm a speech pathologist since 1993. And these podcasts are designed to help you improve your business and your life one podcast at a time. Well, welcome back to the show, everyone. Thanks again for all the emails and all the questions. And as of today, today is Tuesday, October the 23rd, 2018. We have well over 39,959 listeners to the show. And I'm super grateful and delighted you guys are out there getting good, valuable, free information because let's face it, value is what you get in the absence of money and these podcasts are free for you. So if you wouldn't mind, just please go to your iOS or Android platform of your choice and leave some good five-star feedback out there. That way other people just like you can get the same valuable information that you're receiving right now. And also I want to to let you know we have a space available for the perfect student. That's where you fly into Tucson, Arizona. Work with me hand in hand and we'll help you get credentialed and set up your billing for you. Learn how to manage your referrals and patients and how to build and how to collect and all those fancy things like that. But you do have to fly into Tucson to work with me, and that takes time. But if you can't do that, the next best thing is to work with me in the private SLP All Access community. That's where you can find me every single day. I'm logged in, and it's just a great place to work with other people. I would like to welcome one of our newest members. Her name is Dana, and she is working on her private practice, and I know she's getting good value already and she is asking many questions and I'm just so glad that she's here. There's over right now just 101 threads to choose from with over 437 messages. We have just different sections of the community. There's a results section, discussion section. There's a place where you can meet other members in your community. There's trainings, there's live trainings. I mean, we've got live trainings on employees and payment and things to consider when you're moving from paper charts to electronic charts and how to double your practice in 10 months even if you're not ready. There's things about co-pays, deductibles, co-insurance, how to make your website and how to Make sure you're getting good patient satisfaction and getting good feedback. There's also trainings on key performance indicators, mindset, goal achievements, speech therapy codes, accounts receivable. There's something what I teach is called the BTS principle. That's behind the scenes. Uh, There is just a ton of information. That's just the live trainings. If you keep looking in the community, you're going to see things about marketing, insurance, what I call the private SLP blueprint. Also, the referral roadmap, how to just supercharge your private practice and get those referrals coming in. You know, also new patient intake courses and MPI trainings, and even how to set up your phone systems, computers, and all that stuff. I mean, there's forms in there, media releases. There's forms on financial hardships. There's contracts that I use on a daily basis for my own business. There's a place and a section in there called For the Chart. There's super bills, daily note forms, case history forms, home programs, time spreadsheets, and visit payment authorization and tracking sheets, visit logs, all that's in the private SLP all access community. And all you have to do is sign up and you've got immediate access to all these things plus me. And I'm here to help you. And look, if you can't sign up just yet, I do understand that everyone, it's not for everybody. And this is just for those people who really want to change their life And sometimes people just aren't ready. And if you're not ready, that's okay. If you want me to answer some questions, all you got to do is send me an email, kyle at privateslp.com, and I'll help you. I can't tell you how many times when I pick up the phone after I receive an email and people are surprised. They say, wow, you really do call me. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to help you. You ask me a question, and I'm not going to take the time to type this out. I want to talk to you, and I want to meet you. And I want to see what you're doing and how you're doing it so I can help you if I can. So don't be surprised if you send me an email or if you go to the contact form at privateslp.com. If you leave me one of those voice messages, don't be surprised if I pick up the phone and call you back because I truly want to help you be successful. So that's all available at privateslp.com. Recently, I had a couple people ask the same question, so I'm going to throw that out there before I get into today's topic, which is onboarding your first patient. But recently, a couple of people had asked me and reached out to me via email. They wanted to know if you have to be a therapist to start your own private practice. I mean, in a nutshell, the answer is No. But it's kind of like owning a restaurant. You got to have a really good chef if you want to have a very popular restaurant, right? I mean, if you're going to offer good, tasty food, you better have a really good chef. Well, it's kind of the same thing in the therapy world. If you want to have your own private practice, you can. You've heard me say it. You can have it. But you're going to have to pay therapist to work in your private practice. So before you go out and spend a ton of money on getting a lease and a building and turning on electricity and phone systems and computers and all that jazz, make sure you have a relationship, a healthy, positive relationship with a therapist who can help you in your private practice. Now, another part of that question is, do you recommend, Kyle, that we have a partnership? You know, I can't answer that. I am not you. But I do know in the people that I have spoke to in the past, partnerships generally don't work. And I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm just telling you from personal experience and things that I see and things that I hear. And one of those things is about partnerships. If you don't have the right relationship with others, that relationship will not last. And I've seen that time and time again in the speech therapy private practice world. So, you know, it's up to you if you want to make a partnership and have your own practice with a therapist if you're, you know, not a speech therapist yourself. But if you really think about it, if you're a speech pathologist and you want to start your own private practice, you're in a good spot because you don't have to really pay yourself when you're first starting out To do all the evaluations and do all the treatments, you know, you're in a good spot. So you can slowly grow it over time. But if you're not a therapist and you need a therapist to start that business, you've got to have some money in the bank to do payroll and meet payroll and pay for those evaluations and treatments. So it's just something to think about. Consider the restaurant. Like I said, you have to have a good chef to have a good, tasty restaurant. you know, popular restaurant with good tasty food. So think about that when you're starting out. So I hope that answers those two questions. So today I wanted to talk about onboarding your first patient. And this is something that I've received a few emails in the past. And so I wanted to throw that out there now. So when you're onboarding your first patient, I mean, first of all, what does onboarding mean? That means the process of getting that patient Into your business, getting that patient evaluated and treated, and getting that patient good customer service, good quality service, because you can't have a business unless you have an offer that converts. And for speech therapy private practice, our offer is speech evaluations and speech therapy. So the first thing you're going to do is you're going to receive that referral. And then once you receive that referral, the next step is you want to contact that family to get that patient scheduled. Now, normally the first visit is going to be an evaluation. And when you do an evaluation of speech therapy, you know, it could be a language eval or a speech eval, voice or swallow dysphagia, autism, whatever it is you guys are doing. You're going to have to have a certain amount of forms to get that family onboarded into your clinic. Now, with those forms, it's going to be your demographics. And what are demographics? Demographics, when somebody fills out that paperwork, that's their name and that's their address. That's their city, state, zip code. You know, whether that person's single, married, divorced, widowed, separated, domestic partner, their phone number, emergency contact, name, telephone number. That's all demographics. Then you've got what's called primary insurance information, if you even accept insurances. Now, if you don't accept insurances, you could probably skip this step, but you need to have a clear set of rules, so when that patient comes to you, is it going to be cash, is it gonna be check or is it gonna be credit card? But you need to make sure you get paid before the time of service. If you do take insurances, you wanna make sure you accept that copay before you perform that service. I have spoken to many, many clinic owners who have just waited and waited and waited on insurance companies. That's the wrong way to do business. You don't sit there and wait for insurance companies to pay you because you might wait a long time. You have to make sure that you collect co-pays or co-insurances before the time of service. So, back to the basics on onboarding a patient. You want to get that primary insurance information if you take insurances. That's the insurance carrier's name, address, city, state, policy number. All that's the primary insurance information. Then secondary insurance information. You have to get that information as well. Some people may have a form of Medicaid or a form of Medicare. They may have other insurances like private insurance, like Blue Cross Blue Shield or TRICARE. So you want to make sure you get primary and secondary Insurance information. And then once you get that demographic information and insurance information, you want to move on to your policies. Those are your personal clinical policies. That might be a late policy or a cancellation policy or a copay policy or what about if somebody no-shows? Or what if the parent leaves the premise while you're doing therapy and they just leave their child and they don't come back? I mean, you have to think about these things. What if someone has a financial hardship or what about insurance billing and payment? Who's going to do those things for you? All of those should be you know, very clearly set out so you can have an important and successful relationship with your patients and your families. And then moving on after you do that, you want to make sure you get a good case history for that child or that adult that you're about to treat, you know, the identifying information like the child or the adult, the patient's name and address and date of birth and how to get in touch with them and who referred that patient to you and You know, what's their present communication status like and what's the educational history of this person and what's the family history and pregnancy and birth history and medical information and developmental history and all those things will give you, the clinician, a good way to actively help and treat this patient. And then you want to have them maybe fill out some more information about audiological history, speech and language history. You know, has that patient been to other clinics around your town and received other evaluations? And what about, let's say this is their first visit. Did they have another evaluation that's an appropriate amount of time where you can treat that patient that way you don't have to do another eval and charge them? I mean, those are some things that you want to look at. And then once you do those things, you want to move into what they call privacy policies. And that's where you disclose how you treat their health care information how you perform your treatments and payments, and how we disclose your health information to public health authorities for the purposes like preventing or controlling diseases, injury, disabilities, reporting child abuse or neglect. I mean, that really happens. So law enforcement, I mean, attorneys, and when you get summoned to turn over medical records, all that must be. In your notice of privacy policies, these things really happen. When you have your own private practice, you're going to figure out really fast that when you get a summons in the mail that says you need to produce these records, you got to do it. So anyway, and patients have information rights too. I mean, all those need to be in your policy. And then there's something what's called a consent release an assignment. And that way, you know, do you have permission to use that patient in social media? Uh, What about if the payment goes directly to the patient and not to your office? How are you going to get that? That needs to be in this consent release and assignment as well. So I know that's a lot of information, but the good news is if you are a member of the private SLP all access community, All this is right here for you. This is what's tested, tried and true. It works for us here and it's something that can work for you too. All these forms have been reviewed by our legal team and so I know they work and that's immediately available for you for download if you need that. But if you don't have access to the all access community, that's okay too, because you can take this information. There's a transcription button there at the end of this podcast. You can download this, and this will all be there for you in a nice, neat format. So you can just have that and use that in your own private practice. So I hope this has been helpful for you. If you have any questions about your own speech therapy private practice, you know, growing, starting out, scaling, all you got to do is reach out to me, Kyle at privateslp.com. And as always, thank you. For for listening. Thank you for listening to the Speech Therapy Private Practice Startup Podcast. For more information on Speech Therapy Private Practice Startup or to stay connected with Kyle, please visit privateslp.com.